Welcome to No No Ordinary Ordinary Women, Women. the podcast where two ordinary broads chat about extraordinary women, the good, the bad, and and the the batshit crazy. Hi, Rose. Hey, Lynn. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm just dandy. How was your week? How was your vacay, your mini vacay? My mini vacay. I took three days, four days, and went and visited my son. My dad and I drove up. It was a very nice trip. I got to spend great time with my dad. And my dad loves doing, like, handy work around the house. And so he helped Chris do a bunch of stuff. And I worked on my story. And then my dad's like, okay, Lynn, now we need your help. And we had to replace two of the screens on their back porch because the squirrels were climbing up the screens. Oh, my gosh. When you said screens, I was thinking TV screens. I'm like, oh. how many TV? How many TVs do they have on their back? <laughs> and let me tell you, it was – the second one wasn't so hard. The first one, getting it so it was, like, flat and, like, stapling it. And the ladder, that the ground that we had the ladder on yeah. was not level. And so it was awkward. And my son does not like being on ladders. So – and I was like, I'll stand on the ladder. I'm not afraid of it. And my dad and my son both at the same time, no. I was like, okay, whatever. So – so anyway, it was it was interesting. But the second, the bottom part of the screen that we put on was much easier. And they both actually ended up looking pretty nice. So, Oh, good. And then he bought these little packets from like Amazon or someplace that have, um, it's a squirrel deterrent. And it's a little pat, like a little pouch, like a little, almost like, like the kind of like you would see a silica packet, something yeah, like right, that, right. but it's bigger. Yeah. And it had garlic and peppermint in it. And it was so strong. And he put one down at the base of the porch yeah. when we first started doing the screens. I was nauseated by it. I'm like, oh, really? It's I went and got strong? a pair of tongs out of the kitchen and took it and threw it across the yard <laughs> while we were working on the screen. I'm like, I'm, I'm, it tasted like somebody ate like a raw garlic pizza. Did right? you lick it? No, it smelled like <laughs> somebody had eaten like a raw garlic pizza and then tried to chew a mint to cover it up. Oh, my God. It was Gross. absolutely horrendous. I was like, Bleh, the whole time. So when anyway. you first mentioned that, I was like, oh, I need those because we have so many squirrels. I mean, it, no so the squirrels were going up. There was a squirrel nest in one of his gutters. Oh, jeez. And his gutters have covers on them. Yeah. And so it was a nice little cozy place for the squirrels. And so the squirrels would go up on the roof and then climb in this one open spot on the gutter. Yeah, and then, and then shimmy down. So um, they were going I forget. They were going one way, and he blocked that off like he fixed it. And then so they started just climbing right up the screen. And so it ripped the whole screen to shreds. So, yeah. So we did a bunch of stuff. And then their electrical panel was um, completely mislabeled. (laughs) And so we sat and did that. That took us like an hour and a half. I was so over it. My dad's like, all right, I just turned one off. And so then I have to run up the stairs. It's yeah. a three-story house. My dad's like, I oh, yeah. figure out where it is. And I'm like running up and down the stairs, and I look at Andrew. I'm like, why are we running around? Are they just? Do you think they're really doing this? Or are they just laughing at us? Because I was like literally running up and down the stairs. Like, <laughs> they're just sitting on the couch. Yeah. Like, and then I'm, I'm like plugging stuff in to see if it was this outlet. And then like one of the circuits was like the two outlets in the front of the front of the house of one bedroom, and then the next circuit was like. Two other outlets. Oh I was my like, gosh. oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> and that's, I bet they would have lived there like their whole lives without ever changing it. No, it was making Chris oh, crazy. Was it? Okay, it was making okay. him crazy. So, like, you know, you're trying to do something and you, you need to know, okay, I need to switch off the outlet yeah, in right. this room. I've lived in houses like that. So it was pretty much a crazy bit. But otherwise, it was really nice seeing my son. The driving is a lot and I'm just tired. But um, how was your week so far? It's been good. 
Nothing exciting happened. That's not true, Rose. What happened? Didn't something happen today? <laughs> <laughs> no, Lynn. That happens every week. Okay. Okay. Three well. o'clock on Thursday afternoon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the calendar. I didn't get that on my calendar invite for you. <laughs> that would um, be funny. So the cocktail of the week, I used the strawberry watermelon um, seltzer mix from SodaStream in my seltzer. And I added um, I, I added that on top of a little bit of Captain, um, Captain Morgan's spice rum and a little bit of muddled pineapple. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, it's good, isn't that it? It is pretty good. Yeah, it's nice. It's a little, it's very refreshing and light. Yeah. Um, so that's all. I feel like I'm on the beach. Yeah, I'm ready to be on the beach, girl. I'm ready. Me too. Either Alaska or tropical. I got to do one or the other this summer. I told you I'd go on a tropical vacation with you. I'm ready. We should. We should I wanna, do like I just go down it. to like Florida. Oh no no no! Keys or something. Are you nuts? Why? I'm not going to Florida. Oh my god! Absolutely okay, not. How about? It's probably cheaper Bahamas. and smarter to go to the Bahamas or go to, like, you know, somewhere in the Caribbean, like yeah, to an all inclusive. We should do that. That's what I want to do, because I have a free flight right now. So if I fly to one of those places for free, and then I get into a like a all inclusive, you know, like the Dominican Republic. And all-inclusive for, like, nothing. All your food and alcohol is included. You just lay there and just get fat and happy. Hmm. Hmm. I want to look into that. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. That sounds like a really good idea. (laughs) I could definitely do that for, like, three or four days. I need it so desperately. I need, yeah. So, anyway. Let's do it. You ready to hear my story, Rose? Um, I guess. You sure? Mm. I mean, we could just... Mm. Shut down the mics and eat chips and drink cocktails. That actually sounds really good. (laughs) No, I am excited to hear your story. Before we get started, I want to thank all of our listeners who commented and liked our podcast. You guys are we're on a little bit of a review. It we're doing good. We got more followers and we have more reviews. Yes, definitely, definitely. And we're rolling right into Rose taking me to the beach for a week. So, or did I say a long weekend? Um, yeah. So if you if you if you want to have a few giggles, some of our listeners left some silly um, reviews, some funny reviews. So you can let, get a little giggle by reading those. But yeah, we want to thank you guys. Yes. And thank our dear dear listener Katarina for reaching out because she probably thinks our social media sucks and offered to help. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh my god, these bitches I think are dumb. Pro- I think we said it in a sh- in one of our shows. Oh, probably in one of our episodes and- that I. Str- oh yeah, that I was struggling. Yeah, and that yeah, she, that I struggle. she said she would help. Oh, that's true. That's right. She said she was just catching up. So thanks, Katerina. She's our number one fan. She is our number one fan. So, all right, let's hear this story. All right. So Maria Montessori. Sound familiar? Like the schools. Like the schools. Maria Montessori was a pioneering woman who revolutionized the field of education, emphasizing hands-on experiential learning and encouraging children to work at their own pace and follow their own interests. She was born on August 31st, 1870, in the town of Chavale, Italy, and was the first woman to graduate from University of Rome Medical School, paving the way for generations of female oh, wow. doctors. Good for her. Go, girl. 
Her father, Alessandro Montessori, was born in a middle-class family. He was well-educated and worked as a civil servant in the tobacco industry. Alessandro met Maria's mother while he was traveling from, for work. Soon after they met, they were married and moved several more times around Italy for his job. Her mother, Rinalde Stapine, Stapene, <laughs> came from an upper middle class family and was well educated. Women being educated um, was fairly uncommon at this time. Uh, yeah. She she was totally devoted to her family and. She, Maria was the only child of the couple. Especially in 1870. What did it say? Um, like, did she go to college or did she just like finish high school? No, it just said she was well educated. So I didn't dig in that deep. So she read a book or something? Yeah, she, she probably read a, to book. read a book. <laughs> she, she valued education. She, very, she felt okay. very strong about education. Yeah. As a child, Maria was curious and adventurous and she loved exploring the outdoors. She was also a talented musician and showed an early interest in science and mathematics. Her oh, parents like were me. both very supported, supportive of her interests and encouraged her to pursue her passions. What'd you say? Just like me. Just like you? Yeah. <laughs> Music. Me and you. <laughs> musical farting is not count as a musical. Um, I was singing the math and science because you know how good I am at that. Oh, yeah. The science? You mean the class that Christina did for you? <laughs> First of all, she did my math class, not my science class. <laughs> uh, what about the biology? Um, the When you had to do the biology, you took the biology course at home and you had to do your own experiments. Christina told me all about them. When? You didn't tell me anything. When was that? When you took biology in college, you did. You took it online, and so you had to do the experiments at home, and Christina would go and get all the stuff for them and do them. No. That never happened. Okay. Wow. I didn't take biology online, Lynn. Why did Christina I tell me about biology. it? You have to take biology. It's one of the basic courses. I don't think I ever took it. I took anatomy and physiology. Because I was going to be a nurse. Didn't you have a lab class that you had to, you took online? I did for like a week or two, but I dropped out of it. Oh. I, I started taking anatomy and physiology online, but I was like, okay, this isn't going to work. Oh, okay. Okay. Back to me. Maria's... <laughs> Maria's family moved to Rome when she was about six years old, and she attended an all-girls school in the city. Her mother taught her life skills, which included doing chores around the house. Maria always did her chores with no complaints. She was a really sweet and well-behaved child and was usually a leader in her friend groups. I like how they say taught her to do life <laughs> taught her life skills. Do chores, Made her yeah. do chores. Well, she um, – so the schools – it said that she went to an all-girls school, but um, I think it was after – was it second grade or fourth grade? Maybe second grade. No, it's after fourth grade. The students had to be um, divided. They were no longer longer no longer allowed to be oh, in co-ed okay. classrooms yeah. because you they know, might have sex. God forbid, yeah. Or they were actually teaching the boys, and the girls were learning how to like iron and sew. Probably, probably, <laughs> absolutely, probably true. Um, so she was a really sweet girl, and she was very well-behaved. Um, she excelled academically and was particularly particularly interested in biology and mathematics, just like you, Rose. <laughs> However, she faced discrimination and obstacles because of her gender and the societal expectations of the time period. I did watch um, SpaceX launch or, yeah, Starship or whatever launch Is that today. supposed to make you sound smarter? Yeah, today I watched it. 
Mm. So I'm, I'm very brilliant. I'm very into science. Lynn. That's great. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> wow, y'all. <laughs> Maria was naturally good in school, and she didn't struggle like some of the other children. When she was 12, she told her father she wanted to continue with school. Most girls stopped going to school at this age. And, and if they did stay in school, they followed the classic branch of education. It's like the game of life where you go the... You get married or you uh, <laughs> yeah. or you go to college. Um, the classic branch of education is where they studied, studied literature, Latin, Greek, music, and et cetera. That's so funny. Do you think she wanted to go to school just cause, so she didn't have to do chores? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have a problem doing chores, Rose. She was a good kid. <laughs> yeah, sure. She, however, wanted to follow, follow the technical branch of education where for three years they studied math bookkeeping, history, science, geology, and geometry. Then four years of math, science, physics, chemistry, and modern languages. That sounds awful. (laughs) I know. It all sounds awful. I would have been like, I'll drop out. Just put me in home ec. (laughs) Her father was not happy about her plan to follow this typically male-dominated track. However, Maria was not the only female to follow this education track. There was one other girl in her class and it was not an always it was not always an easy journey for the young women as they were the first ones paving the way for the future girls. Oh, good for them. Go girls. This education proved to be difficult for the two girls. They weren't allowed to go outside for recess or act immodestly or they'd be teased. They were required to have an escort to and from school. You know why? So they weren't harassed by the boys. As oh, a respectable wait, so- young lady you do not walk the streets of Rome alone, Rose. Oh. Remember that. I saw you walk in the streets of Rome alone. Yeah, well. When you were over there. I'm not a respectable lady. <laughs> we all know that. Right? I know. She told her father and mother she wanted to be an engineer. Her parents begged her not to take such a bold step in her career. They begged her to become a teacher, and she refused. She was like, absolutely oh, wow. not. For her. She then decided to become a doctor. Her parents were outraged. There is no women doc. There are no women doctors in Italy. What is she thinking? They're like freaking out. Like her dad's like pacing. Her mom's like freaking out. Like why? Are you- why? That's so funny. Why? <laughs> like I, I, like I know her parents. Like my grand my grandmother. You know was Italian. She would have been like, oh my god. <laughs> like I was trying to kill her by making these decisions. And I could just hear like yeah. her parents probably doing the same thing. Your your grandmother didn't have to worry about that. Yeah, that's true. She did. She knew that getting into medical school would be very difficult, so she went straight to the head of the medical facility at the University of Rome to try to gain admittance. He said that absolutely under no circumstances will he allow a woman to go through medical school while he is in charge. Oh, over my dead body. She's like, I'm smarter than you, dude. And she was like, Well, this is turned into a true crime podcast. Off with your head. <laughs> <laughs> She just looked at him and she said, I'll be back. So where's she going? She did. She said she'd be back. She did enroll in the University of Rome, but she was going to get a degree in physics. During this time, she also studied zoology and botany. (laughs) She's all over the place. During her time at the University of Rome, Pope Leo VIII interceded on her behalf and Maria was admitted to the medical school at age 22. The Pope? Yeah, the Pope. What did she do? She raped him? She raped him. I said she raped. 
I meant to say, did she write to him? But I said, she, did she, she write him? I thought it sounded like you said, did she rape him? I'm like, ew, Rose. My God, we're going to get struck by lightning right now. Yeah, did she rape the Pope? No. no and then he's like, okay, you can go to medical school. No. So she had a relationship with the Pope through, like, I read a couple different things, but I think she had an uncle who was a world-renowned priest or something like that. But anyway, the Pope... The Pope had said that the best occupation for any woman was a doctor because they're caring and nurturing. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, that's very true. That was that was his his idea. So her time at the medical school medical school was anything but easy, as you can imagine. I'm sure all the guys were like, "You're yeah. dumb." The male students were less than thrilled to have a woman invade their turf. Her father had to walk her to and from school every day because. Respectable women don't walk the streets of Rome. <laughs> yes, Rose, you're listening. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, you're so smart. I am. He was not happy about having to walk her to school again. He got so mad that he stopped talking to her. He continued what, what, to walk he her. Walking her. He was walking her back and forth to school every day, but he stopped talking to her because he was so mad that she wanted to be a doctor. Oh He's like, God. this is bullshit. <laughs> As my grandma say, he said, this is you son of a bitch of you. <laughs> So she wasn't allowed to enter the classrooms with other students. She had to wait until all the men were seated. Oh, my God. Then enter the room and politely take her seat. You know why? Because they didn't want her going in and actually abs- accidentally brushing up against the other men oh while they were God. walking in the narrow doorway. Yeah, they might get excited. Yeah. Because they'll get a boner and it'll be her fault. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the other students seemed to make sure there was never a seat left for her either. Um. Hope she kicked their asses. Yeah. When she would enter the room, they would catcall and whistle at her. So she basically so called them out. One guy whistled at her and she said something like, the more you whistle at me, the louder I become. And I think which, uh, the way that I took it is that she meant like, I- I'll be more present in the room yeah, the right. more you whistle yeah, at me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take over your space a little more. Yeah. During anatomy class, anatomy class. She couldn't be in the same room as the male students when they were dealing with cadavers. Do you want to know why? Because they were naked. Mm-hmm. Keep going. And the boys would get boners. <laughs> <laughs> the school determined that it was unsightly for a woman to witness men looking at a naked body. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, oh, my gosh. I mean, babies are still being made every day here. Was she... I imagine she was like, this is fucking ridiculous. And they're all doctors. They're all trying to be doctors. Like, who the hell cares? Oh, my God. So the male students did their dissections during the day at class time. But Maria had to do hers in the evening alone in a room full of dead bodies and organs in jars. She was feeling quite defeated. I can't even imagine doing that in the dark. Oh, my God, no. (laughs) No, ma'am. So she almost quit. I mean, just feeling like... You know, you, like, you don't have your peers, even though they're assholes, they're still your peers. Well, right. Well, for the guys, they were, like, laughing and, like, finding ways to vent and, you know, and, like, play off, like, the stress and the yeah. anxiety related to. Because there's, like, apparently when you're going through medical school, there's, like, support groups and all kinds of books and resources when you start dealing with cadavers because it's hard. Yeah, because it's like human So body. they were all having each other to lean on. And to lighten the room, right. and, and she had to do it by herself. herself in the dark. No shit. Like, uh, no, ma'am. Yeah, no, no support whatsoever. Yeah. So she came up with a solution. Did she stab him? 
Her, well, she had she she's not, she had no support while she was in the scary room, and she wanted to quit. Her mother, she went home, she cried to her mother. Her mother's like, maybe it's time for you to quit. Oh, my God, no. And she was like, I think the fuck not. <laughs> so she came up with a solution. She hired a man to come sit in the anatomy room with her. His strict instructions were that he had to smoke the whole time he was there, lighting one cigarette from the last and blow smoke right in her face so she couldn't smell anything else in the room. Oh, my God. <laughs> Success. Oh, does it, I guess they stink. Yeah. Ugh. It probably smells in there, especially back then. But was she allowed to be alone with a man? Well, I mean, she hired him, so he was, like, technically working for her, I guess. Maybe nobody knew. I don't know. I didn't go into that. Is she having sex with him? They probably were on top of the dead bodies. (laughs) (laughs) Pervert Rose. (laughs) Maria was such a great student that the professors couldn't help but love her. She was awarded a prestigious academic Academy Award. Prestigious. (laughs) Yeah, she won the Academy Award. (laughs) Prestigious academic prize that came with a hefty scholarship. She was also earning money through by tutoring on the side, which enabled to pay for her entire education. During the last two years of school, she worked at four different hospitals, which included a children's hospital and a mental hospital. Four, she's like going to school and working at all these hospitals, yeah. trying to get her, like, I guess like her um, residency kind of right. ish, yeah. if you will, in. At the age of twenty-five, she was awarded her awarded her doctor. At the age of 25, she was awarded her degree of Doctor of Medicine. Much of the wording on her degree had to be changed to female pronouns as she was the first woman doctor in Italy. Oh, my God. That must feel so good. Can you imagine how excited she was? I mean, it's so hard, but that also must feel so good. Yeah. So she went to Berlin to represent Italy at a medical conference. There were tons of reporters there, and all the reporters followed her around, kept saying they couldn't believe how beautiful and feminine she was. They felt like because she was in a man's field, she should <laughs> she be should like be a like butch. butch yeah. yeah, like real, like like wearing flannels, <laughs> driving, a, driving Subaru. a Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> wearing her Birkenstocks. Bunch of dogs, yeah, yeah. Many things were discussed at the conference, from medical practice to world peace. She was frustrated because the takeaway from the conference, according to the press, was that she was pretty. And oh, she had God. given speeches and participated in forums yeah. and was only noted for her beauty. Right. She was pissed. She was like, this is, she swore she'd never allow her photo in another paper again. <laughs> I can understand that. People, that's how I'm treated, too. It happens Everyone to me a lot. Everyone looks at me for my looks, and I'm like, I'm also very brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> You're cut off. Absolutely cut off. Absolutely cut off. First of all, you're ugly. No, you're ugly as hell. And you're stupid. U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no alibi. No, you're very beautiful, Rose, and you're very I smart. I know I am. I'm, yes, yes. And me. I'm sure you have a hard time at work because everybody's like, she's so beautiful and she's smart. Yeah, that's it is I, hard. I, I don't like going to work all the time because it's, yeah. you know. Just constantly harassed for my gorgeousness. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. It's okay. So she started her own medical practice. Her patients loved her. She would make soup for her sick for her sick patients, and if she thought it would help them. I bet women were like so happy to have oh, a female doctor. Could you doctor. imagine? I mean, ugh. and I like started going down this rabbit hole of her practice and what she did and everything. I'm like, OK, I got to stop because it was like too much. Yeah. She showed compassion with her medical care and people were like just astonished with her her care. 
So in 1898, Maria Montessori had a child named Mario with her colleague, Dr. Giuseppe Montesano. Big mistake. Despite their relationship, they chose not to get married. Giuseppe, <gasps> yeah, Giuseppe went on to marry someone else, <gasps> but, but Maria never did. She may have even eventually left medicine to work in a different field. Scandalous. Than the father of her child. For a long time, it wasn't widely known that Maria had a child. She 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 referred to him as her nephew, but I couldn't find anything that said that she had any siblings. <laughs> So she was raised by a wet nurse in the countryside and later sent to he I'm sorry Mario was raised by a wet nurse in the countryside and later sent to boarding school. Maria visited him but didn't reveal her identity until he was 15. Wow. She used to visit him frequently. But she didn't tell him she was her mom, his mom? No. After that they once she told him that she was his mother they became inseparable. Um, well, wasn't he pissed? <laughs> I, no, apparently not. Was? They, I don't know. Did he think he was like an orphan? Well, she told everybody else she was his aunt. Maybe she told him that, too. Oh. He was living in a boarding school. So well, really sad. he became her assistant and advocate. He even, contributed her tri- he even contributed to her work by writing a booklet about child development. Mario married twice and had four children of his own. Maria lived with his families when she wasn't traveling until she passed away. And Mario died in 1982. Wow. Yeah. Is that the end of your story? Yeah, that's it. No, it's not it, Rose. (laughs) I was like, uh... Oh, my God. (laughs) Maria became interested in children who were suffering from mental illness. She started to study these children. At one point, she was watching the children eat. And as soon as they finished their meal, they would get on the floor and start playing with the crumbs. The doctor at the hospital noted that the children were so incapacitated that they wouldn't even, they would eat the crumbs off the floor even though they had just finished a full meal. And he was like, you know, annoyed. Like, why are they, why would they do that? (laughs) And she looked closer and she started watching the kids and she said, the kids are not eating the crumbs, they're playing with them. The children were starving for stimulation, not food. They had no toys and no education. Oh, no. And they were all these kids that they were saying that were just like, unteachable they couldn't learn or anything so they're playing with crumbs she started researching all types of education and learning styles she determined that the children in this hospital could be educated she published articles and did multiple studies during this time she was working at a hospital running her private practice and researching this education for children maria's life and work were truly remarkable as she initially pursued a career in medicine, her interest in education grew out of her work with children with special needs. In 1898, Maria was appointed as the director of a new orthophrentic school in Rome. Sorry if I didn't pronounce that correctly. What does that mean? I don't know. Rose, I, I forgot to do the pronunciation for that word. It was designed to provide education and care for children with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Maria's work as a physician and her experience in Rome's impoverished neighborhoods led her to develop an interest in education. She observed that many children from low-income families were not receiving the education they had, they, they had deserved and believed that a new approach to education was needed. I mean, it's so sad. That is really sad. You know, I she mean, thank sees... God for people like her yeah. who came along and were like, wait. Yeah, wait a minute. In 1907, she opened the first Montessori school. Casa dei Bambini. 
in a low-income district of Rome. This school was originally established as a daycare center for working-class families in Rome. So she was just going to be a daycare center and try and teach these children yeah, right. from impoverished families. Her educational method was first developed for children with special needs in the early 1900s. She began developing her educational method while working with children who were considered uneducationable. Uneducationable. Yeah. By traditional <laughs> schools. Like I was like, did word. I say that right? <laughs> Her innovative approach was a radical departure from the traditional, teacher-centered approach to education, and her ideas were initially met with skepticism and resistance from traditional educators. However, she persevered and continued to refine her method methods over a course over the course of her career. <laughs> oh my god! God, I'm having a hard time. It's hard when you have to do the whole carry the whole podcast on your back, isn't it? It is, Rose. It is. Thank God that uh, you do it every other day of the year. I Thank do. you. You're Thank welcome. you. <sighs> if y'all could see my eyes rolling right now, <laughs> <laughs> insert a eye roll emoji here. <laughs> Montessori's method is based on observation and individualization. She believed that teachers should observe their children closely and tailor their instruction to the individual needs of each child. What a concept. I know. <laughs> I mean, my God, why didn't they do this when I was in school? They're like, no, you do this like everybody else. Yeah, I'm like, right. I don't learn that way. And they're like, shut up. Put your face down. Stand in the corner. Yeah. Oh, God. That's Portland. So traumatic Explains for me. So much about her. So traumatic. Maria believed that children should be allowed to learn at their own pace and follow their own interests, and that teachers should act as guides and facilitators rather than lecturers. Hm. What? Preach, girl! Sounds like BS. Her schools were designated to be... I'm sorry. Her schools were designed to be child-friendly with furniture and materials sized to fit a child's body. What? And hands. Yeah. <laughs> imagine that. You don't sit in a desk where you're swallowed up because you're so yeah, small. Yeah, right. What the hell? Her ideas were embraced by progressive educators and advocates for child rights. She noted four planes of development. Plane one is from birth to age six. Plane two is from six to 12. Plane three is 12 to 18. And plane four is 18 to 24. Each six-year pane has two sub-periods. The first is acquisition and the second... The sex and the sex is, <laughs> and the second is perfection. I don't want you talking about sex. I don't you're know. About it's kids. all I think okay, about. Lynn? Oh my god! During plane one, Maria considers the child to have an absorbent mind from birth to age three. She regards the young child as a spiritual embryo. By spiritual, she means that the spirit of the child is infused with the divine. The lessons planned around these planes are made of carefully designed materials that are self-correcting for the most part. At every level, children learn skills related to practical life skills, such as cleaning, organizing, or simple food food preparation. Julia went to uh, Montessori school, and she learned stuff like this. In plane one, in particular, the child is sensitive to the following learning tasks. Movement, order, language, sensory development, love of the environment, interest in detail, grace and courtesy, and numeration. I mean, like, That's really interesting. it's really smart to teach your kids that interest stuff. Interest in detail? It, yeah, interest in detail. Charlotte needs to learn that one. Yep. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to do that before three. Yeah. I still yeah. have time with Lily a couple no, months. No, isn't it? Oh. What was it? What age was it? What age is it? Plane one is from birth to age six. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, you missed it. Yeah, I have a couple months left. 
Yep, sorry. Plain two acquisitions are reason and logic, imagination, morality, enjoyment of friends, cultural. I'm sorry, culture, physical strength, and increased mental capacity. During plane three, the child is sensitive to acquire sexual identity, something to worship ad- or admire identity, family independence, and spiritual values. Plane four includes idealism, community activity, career, physical strength, and intimacy. Interesting. It is really interesting. In the learn in the learning setting, the teacher becomes more active as the child progresses through planes two through four. In plane three, the child is involved in real work, such as farming. The teacher is responsible to maintain the environment and initially present each lesson to the children, often one-on-one. This environment is virtual wall-to-wall materials for learning. Did Julia do any farming? She didn't do farming, but they did like they would plant and stuff like that. They did all kinds of stuff like this. The significance of the environment in the Montessori method cannot be overemphasized. It's the environment that educates, not the teacher directly. More precisely, it's the child's inherent formative energies, finding material in the environment to act upon purposefully that calls or brings forth the child's true nature. So how do they learn like their letters and numbers and stuff? They learn that all through everything while they're doing it. What if they're not interested? They just don't teach them that? No, they just find other ways to teach them. Oh, okay. Like, there's certain Montessori toys toys that are very popular. Like, there's, like, these cylinders, and you can fill them up and stack them, and, like, this cylinder takes this much water, this one takes that much water, and this is, you know, the number three. It takes three cups of water, and then the other cylinder takes... Oh, okay. Yeah, right. so it's, like... Yeah. Learning through play. It's like learning through playing. Yeah, exactly. The intent behind her approach was that the children be normal, in quotes. This means that the natural law of the child has been revealed. This involves deprogramming the adult. If a child could not normalize, he or she was excluded from the school. The exclusion also applied to the parents as well as their attitudes, as well if their attitudes were not receptive of Montessori's approach. Oh, wow. So in any way, her experiments were controlled. I'm sorry. So in a way, her experiments were controlled. Not anyway. Montessori schools quick Montessori schools quickly gained popularity in Europe and the United States, and her ideas were embraced by progressive educators and advocates for child rights. Her ideas have been influential not only in education, but also in fields such as psychology, anthropology, and architecture. Maria continued to develop her educational philosophy and opened more schools in Italy and other countries. She wrote several several books on education, including The Montessori Method and The Secret of Childhood, which are still widely read and studied today. Montessori's method emphasizes the development of practical life skills. In the addition to academic subjects, Montessori schools focus on teaching children practical skills like cooking, cleaning, and gardening. Damn, I should have sent my kids to yeah. Montessori. Her ed, uh, Maria's educational philosophy emphasizes peace education. She believed that education could play a crucial role in promoting peace and social justice and that children should be taught to respect and appreciate different cultures and perspectives. I love that about um, what Julia's learned because she's learned like, I mean, she's very compassionate of other people. Yeah, right. And she has like deep feelings of like when other people are hurting and suffering. And that's, I feel like that's something she definitely learned there. You don't think her parents taught her that? Well, I mean, her parents definitely did. But, I mean, I think that a big part of that is at school. 
Um, I mean, Charlotte's like that, and she didn't go to Monastery. Yeah, that's true. No, maybe not. No, Actually, I'm she did call Lily fat yesterday. So did she really? <laughs> oh my god! You're like you do not say that. She's like Lily. You look. Lily was doing something, and she said, "Lily, you look so fat." And I was like, "What did you just say?" And she said, "She just looked fat when she like did. She was doing something." And I was like, "Okay, that's not a word we say. That's really not a nice word. And you yeah. especially don't call your little sister fat." Uh, Lily's gonna be bulimic in another year. <laughs> no, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> why are you calling her fat? P H A T. Maria traveled extensively, giving lectures and training teachers in her methods. She also founded the Association Montessori Internationale, which continues to promote and support the Montessori method worldwide, the education of children, and the advancement of women's rights. Maria Montessori was a remarkable woman who overcame many obstacles to become one of the most influential educators of the 20th century. Her dedication to the education of young children and her innovative teaching methods continue to inspire and influence educators worldwide. Her life is a testament to the power of perseverance, hard work, and passion for making a difference in the world. But perhaps the most amazing thing about Maria Montessori was her perseverance in the face of adversity. As a woman in the male-dominated field, she faced discrimination and skepticism throughout her career. Her ideas were initially met with skepticism and resistance from traditional educators, but she never gave up on her vision of a better, more child-centered approach to education. And her tireless, tireless efforts have had a lasting impact on generations of children around the world. She continued to work and write about education throughout her life, and she was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize three times. Oh, wow. She was nominated in 1949, 1950, and 1951 for her work in promoting peace and education around the world. Just nominated? She didn't win? No, she didn't win. Oh, that sucks. She died in the Netherlands in 1952 at the age of 81. Her legacy lives on through the thousands of Montessori schools and educators who continue to use her methods to inspire and educate children around the world. Wow. So a couple of things I learned is that there's an enormous amount of Montessori schools in, in the world. Oh, really? Not all of them follow the Montessori method. So they have the That's Montessori weird. name, but there's like a certain amount of schools that um, don't follow her organization. Like yeah, they're, right. they're not certified yeah. through her organization. But um, let me see. I'm going to see how many. Um. But I was like, I wonder how they could use the name, the name, if they're not certified by maybe her they organizations. Um, copyrighted or whatever. Yeah, maybe. How many Montessori schools are there? There's like two in Charlottesville. Yeah, there is. So in the U.S., there are over five thousand Montessori schools in the United States, and more than twenty thousand in a hundred and ten countries worldwide. Holy shit! So. 5,000 total Montessori schools, 500 public Montessori schools, 4,500 private Montessori schools. This is in the U.S. 10% of all Montessori schools are public. Oh, that's interesting. So they're not – are they like daycares or – I don't know. The public ones, I don't know if they're a daycare or if they're like – if they say they're public, I don't understand because you don't pay tuition, right? Right. I don't understand how that works. Yeah, I don't either. Um, Maybe they're attached to like a public school, but they're not, um, but they're a Montessori based. Maybe. But that seems like that'd be a problem for some reason. So 
120 public Montessori schools are members of the American Montessori Society. The membership is voluntary. How many? 120? 120 That's public it? ones. Public oh, public ones. ones. Okay. 65% increase in the AMS public school membership between 2011 and 2018. Um, 16 AMS public member schools are AMS accredited. It's a very rigorous, rigorous volunteer program. So, wow. I yeah. wonder if the ones here, oh, they're not public. No, they're both yeah. private. Um, I thought about sending Lily there, but they don't have like a summer program. Yeah, you told they me They do, that. but you're not guaranteed to get a spot, and I couldn't take that chance. But uh-huh. Lily loves her new school. Does she like it? She's been doing really well. I think um, I told you it was more like they'd play a lot more. Her old school, she they did so well teaching them things, uh-huh. but I don't think it was enough play for her. Like I think it was too much time inside... That's sitting hard. at a desk. I mean, that's hard. She's too little for that. Yeah. She's way too little for and that. She I did mean, learn... she had the rest of her life to learn. Right. And she did learn a lot. I mean, she's very smart. But I just didn't... For her, Charlotte did well in that, but she just... I don't think she enjoyed it. Yeah, that's... So that's one of the I reasons like we she's way her. too little to but learn. But they play all the time at this new school. And, and she still cries, like, a tiny bit. Oh, really? Um, I mean, it's been... Tomorrow will be two weeks. Oh, okay. So it hasn't been, but just like a little bit. Like this morning I dropped her off and she kind of cried, like whimpered a little bit. And then the teacher was like, oh, we're going to play some Play-Doh. And she was kind of like, eh. But you could tell she was like, She's oh. like, mom who? <laughs> I play. And then Chris said when he picked her up, he just texted me that she um, was super, like she was like, I want to play a little while longer. Aww. Which she never did at her old school. So. Oh, that's I good. think she's yeah. I think like in the next I mean, week she'll in, at her age she doesn't need. To, I mean, she, it's it's great that she learned. Yeah, I mean, right. it's great that yeah. they spent the time and took the energy. But that's a, that's a lot on a teacher to teach kids that age. Yeah, and I think the teachers were like too strict. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that they were bad or anything, but I think for two year olds, you can't. I don't know. But playing for them is like. Is their way of learning? Yeah, like right. for kids, yeah. I think it's it's really important for them to play, and you know. And when Charlotte was there, they played outside a lot more than oh. they do now for whatever reason. So anyway, she's doing good. I think she's pretty happy. Good. I'm glad she's playing. She they get to go to the pool in the summer. Oh wow! During school, and she can do like I can sign up for like swim lessons and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, I think she's she's going to do very well. Sweet. Sweet sunshine. So I hope you guys liked our story about Maria Montessori. I thought it was pretty cool. I learned a whole bunch about yeah, her. Yeah, that is I really mean, interesting. I could have talked for three hours about her. She's has there's so much information. Um, I thought she was pretty cool broad. So she was. I um, another extraordinary woman. You know how you, you like? I knew the name obviously, but you never know. Like the story behind the name, you know? Right. Well, and like, I didn't know she was from Italy, that's for sure. Well, I was looking for women from Italy specifically. Oh, for some reason, you? I just wanted to do somebody from Italy. Oh. And then she popped up and I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know she was. I didn't. And then I was like, hello, her name. It didn't even dawn on me. Yeah, like, I, was, I know. It didn't dawn on me either. Yeah, but, but she's awesome. yeah, she's pretty cool. She is cool. So, I you guys, um, after you listen to this, um, give us a little shout out on our social media. Tell us how you liked it. Tell us if you hated it. But just don't do that in the ratings. Um, so make sure you rate, follow, um, like, if you like, share. This. Not if. No, if you like this show, then rate, oh, review, and yeah. 
And even if you didn't like the show, please rate us five no, stars. No, don't rate us. Oh, you can rate five us stars. five stars. <laughs> don't give your honest opinion. So you could go. Apparently, so I know that we're on all platforms, but um, I haven't looked into it on um, Prime Podcast. But I know on um, Google Podcasts, I just found this out, you cannot rate us. So you'll have to rate us on Spotify or Apple or whatever, um, if you can. That would be great. Apple is best. Apple is the best. It gives us the best. Um, the ratings help us with our algorithm. It bumps us up when people do a search on podcasts. So that's what we need. Because mama needs to be rich. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Rose and I'd like to take our podcasts on the road, do live shows. But we can't do that right now. Do because we? Do we want to do that? Hell yeah, man. Well, I'm going to have to get a little drunk to do a live show. (laughs) Sit on a stage and do a live show? (laughs) Tap dance? (laughs) Maybe we'll play a soccer match? We're going to have to um, discuss this a little more. (laughs) Rose just found out that that's what I want to do. She had no idea. I didn't know this was Lynn's dream. That's that's not my dream, but I think it'd be be fun. I'd love to meet our fans all over the world. I'd for sure have to have a few drinks before doing that. That would be fun, I'm not one for public speaking. Uh, just close your eyes. You just sit facing me, and I'll face the audience. That's all. No, that. And won't then I'll. Oh no, there, there. Can you put a screen in front of me, like a like a um, curtain? And nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> put a curtain in front of me just yeah. so they can see you. Well, like a, like you're like you're giving penance. Like you're. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll sit in a, in a booth in a penance, penance booth. To the, yeah, yeah. To the there you go. That audience. sounds great. That sounds great. Well, you guys follow us. Like, share, all that fun stuff on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at No Ordinary Women Pod, and on TikTok at No Ord O R D Women Pod. I think Give you us... just said TikTok, but no, I said Twitter. Didn't? Oh, I oh. said TikTok the second time. On <sighs> Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok <laughs> at No Ordinary Women Pod, and on Twitter at No okay, Ord O R D Women okay. Pod. So give us a shout out. Make sure you tell all your friends and share and follow and like and love. We'd love it. See you next week. Bye. Bye.